Designed from the ground up, the Diderio Backline Gear Transport Pack is the ultimate solution for players on the move. With more than eight specialized storage and transport compartments built right in, it makes getting everything to the gig painless and intuitive. Torsten Kinsler from God as an Astronaut. Uh, we're here in Wimble Lane Recording Studios and we're just going to talk about his current guitar setup. Cool, yeah, so we've got uh, quite a number of guitars here. We've got the, uh, the Fender Stratocaster HSS, um, just the noises pickups, very good for live. Um, a lot of the earlier material that I had definitely suits this guitar a lot. Everything I'd say from the end of beginning to Aldous Violent, Aldous Bright, and definitely Far From Refuge would all have been using the Stratocaster. And um, it's, yeah, essentially it's, uh, they're all, it's mostly stocked by the um, locking tuners in the back, just handy for live string breaks that can change it pretty quick. Um, I put just in a little, um, you know, the kind of, kind of lock, rubber locks that kind of lock in your guitar underneath the button so I don't hit, the, hit off them too often. Is that a stock bridge then? Cause it, is it locked? Or is it still, can you still use it with the whammy bar? No, I've actually, uh, I've disabled that because okay. um, it's just better for, for different tunings. So yeah, that's kind of uh, um, better for me because I do do a lot of different tunings that we have, mostly nearly about 10 different tunings. Yeah. But uh, That's one thing I've noticed is typically live, you used to stick to one guitar. So you had quite a lot of tuning gaps and it was quite complicated. Is that something that you've brought out more guitars for? Is it for a sound yeah. or is it both? I think uh, for maybe two reasons. One, I was kind of, um, we were a little bit, I think there's too many tuning gaps live, so I like to, to have a few different extra guitars to kind of fix that problem. shop penguin that Stephen Stern built. Um, it's got a really nice finish on this one, doesn't it? It's yeah, it's like the red sparkle. And uh, again, it's just uh, yeah, two TV Jones pickups in here. And um, again, I put, Gretsch won't be too happy with that guy, I just put in some <laughs> uh, two matching uh, tuners in there, but they're locking as well. And then do you generally stick to the same gauge of strings or is it guitar dependent or? 
sound dependent or tuning dependent or how do you choose that? Well, I'll tell you what we've done and they're kind of a mixed set. So I think this is like 60 gauge up here. I think that's 44, 32. And then I could use a slightly lighter down here. So it's 20, 14 and 11. Um, one or two of the other guitars might have a little bit lighter on tops because I'm not detuning as much. They might be down to 56 or whatever. But uh, yeah, this is generally drop day tuning and uh, I love this guitar. It's a little bit duller obviously than your, your, your single coils, but um, I really like the mid-tone off. It's, it's, it's just a fantastic guitar and I've used this probably, this, was my, this has been my main guitar for the last couple of years. I was using a, a red 345, but this one had replaced that and this very stable. Again, I put on this, um, what do they call it, a, uh, a Vibramate. Um, just to be able to tune, it's just easier to restring, to be honest with you. I hate that idea of trying to kind Get of under. getting under it. I did change, there is a, I just put a steel bar in here, as you can see, there's no spring in it. Again, just for, I do change, if there's one or two different tunings even with this guitar. And if I put the spring in it, it just it tends to go sharp very quickly. So if you tune this one down or up, it, it, it affects the other strings. So this definitely stops that. Color. Yeah, this is the one I, they, they, I Gretsch had built for me, and it's uh, again, it's another Gretsch Penguin, and uh, the two TV Jones pickups again in here, they're Filtertron pickups there, and this is a Magnatron in the a Magnatron in the middle, which is a single coil, and uh, you can just, if you want it on, you just hit it down or that way, the middle leaves it leaves it off. And that's a separate volume knob for it. Um, so when you say Gretsch built this, how involved were you in the, the sort of circuitry decisions and the switches and the different pickup combination possibilities? And oh, I kind of something told them, you, you chose. And yeah, I, I chose the whole thing, and they kind of corrected me on a few things that they said weren't weren't possible, and they said you can't do certain things. So, but yeah, that was my idea, and the color, the whole thing, and uh, they kindly put in their own lock and tuners in here, okay. which, is, which is cool, and. Uh, I had uh, John Moriarty change, he's a guitar luthier here in Ireland. They, they had a kind of a steel bridge here. I didn't like the tone of it, so that the wooden one really just makes it much more, I just a little bit more harmonious to my ears anyway. Uh, again, Vibramate there. And uh, a little bit trebler than the other guitar, even without using the single coil. I don't take this one out live, but I do use it in recording situ situations. This is a a National Glenwood 1961 and used to belong to the bass player from The Who, John Entwistle and it was his original guitar and uh, I got it from Jimmy's Music Store here in Dublin and when I seen it, it wasn't in too good a condition but um, It looks it, fantastic now it's Yeah, the, the, John uh, Moriarty put in a truss rod uh, into the whole thing so it's much easier to play the way it was before it was like 
the action, everything on it, it was nearly impossible to play with it. And uh, Curtis Novak rewound this pickup here. He was a fantastic guy at making his own pickups, uh, Curtis Novak pickups, and uh, restored this guitar. It sounds amazing. And I would use this for select tracks where I want a different tone. at this point and that's something I want to take out on the road but uh, I did put locking tuners on it which um, but the, the holes are in the same place so I can put okay. the, the original ones back in if I ever wanted to but uh, yeah I, I will put that play that in a bit the last one is um, that I have here today is the just a US Jazz Master um, kind of like a vintage reissue the only this thing looks I pretty stock yeah, it's pretty stock. Well I, well, I did change a few things on it. I uh, can't really see much, but basically beneath this, there's a uh, stay trim locking system where it, it just, so the tremolo arm doesn't move too easy. Um, I really like that. And I also changed it to the stay trim bridge here as well, which is uh, just a little bit better than the stock. And Because the, the stock one, it does rattle. And I do play a little behind here sometimes. Okay. And, and, with, and when you use the stock one, it just, it just comes loose. It's not great. And then let's talk about your pedal board, maybe. Okay. Um, and the combinations that you're using some of these pedals in. I know you have been using Fractal Audio's Axe Effects for, for a number of years now, and you've now switched back to amps and pedals. Maybe talk a little bit about the reasoning behind that and you know your philosophy there. Yeah, I mean, Axe Effects, you know, is an amazing piece of equipment. And for us, it's really, Saved us a lot, you know, a lot of heart, heartache. And certainly, if you're flying to India or to different places where you know you're not going to be able to hire the kind of equipment that you want. Um, so, Axe Effects definitely serves its purpose. Um, but with the lockdown and this whole COVID thing, we've had a chance to go back to pedals and amps. And I hate to say, it, for us, it just simply suits our, our music a lot more. And uh, I had to dust out all the old pedals and maybe get one or two extra new ones as well. Just so, because the Axe Effects is like a Swiss army knife. It, it can literally do just about anything you, you can imagine. Um, but I do think the pedals sound more unique and I do think it's a better tone uh, overall. And it's obviously, it's, you know, it's impossible to replicate some of these pedals. They're, 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 they're unique. Um, so I'll kind of walk you through some of the pedals that we have. And we'll probably start Maybe off. follow your, your signal chain. So where are you coming in first? Or? It's not the way it appears, but I'll do my best. Um, <laughs> okay, so here we've got the Empress Buffer Plus. Um, again, just preserves the, uh, the sound quality with the buffer. Um, I have it on the send and return, so it all it starts here and ends here, goes out to the amp. First thing I put in is a compressor. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I use it maybe on a couple of clean guitar or, or maybe sustain lead, that kind of stuff. And is that to take the peaks out of like a clean signal from your guitar or, or is it set really lightly or how is it kind of set? Yeah, it's, I, I set it light enough if I'm doing that. If I wanted to sustain it, I'll just bring up the, the input a little bit more, take the output back, you know, and I could maybe bring up the 10 to 1 if I really wanted to sustain. So, so the ratio there, that's a ratio yeah, switch. Ratio. Okay. So I have a 2 to 1 for most of it. Um, so pretty light. Pretty light, yeah. I, I, I don't want to crush it too much unless I, I want that kind of tone. Just a Digitech whammy pitch shifter, um, using one or two of the new sounds, and on Seance Room as well, where we you know, pitch the lead up or whatever. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting effect. I have it set to chords, but you can go to classic either. Both work for what I needed for. Um, then we go to this board. Um, this is um, Chase Bliss Brothers. Um, I just love this pedal. It's literally just like a, a I use it as kind of a, a gain boost. Um, just perfect when I want to say do arpeggio guitars, and I just wanted to have a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit of gain, but I don't really want to hear distortion. It's just the pedal to use. It has a second switch here where if I need to have a little bit more of a drive to it. The next one is a company from Italy called Chiralti Audio. It's called the Splinter Drive, and has three switches here. And I leave it in the middle when I want just normal overdrive, but I do put it on, I think it says H, which is probably like a, a filter that takes out the bottom end, which is very useful for me when I'm using um, detuned sounds. For example, if I'm in drop A, I noticed the pedals can't seem to quite handle it. So it, this takes the bass out and it really cuts through just the way I want it. So I use that quite a bit when I want to, um, when I'm down to drop A or drop B and I want it to kind of uh, cut through through the pedals a bit better. That That's a very, very important. That's interesting. Pedal. So it sort of cleans up the signal on the low end so it can distort the relevant frequencies more. Exactly. That's that, yeah. that, that's 100% that's it. Um, that takes us to the next one, which is the Hedra Pitch Shifter. This is a, an amazing pedal. And uh, I got this a while back. Um, I, on, uh, I bought it second hand and I just fell in love with it. I, I was, the plan was to get rid of it, but uh, I kept it and I'm glad I did because it's become a secret weapon literally for the new album. Um, what it basically is, is a pitch shifter, a three-way pitch shifter, but, you can, but also a delay. And I have four settings down here, which plugs into the back of this. And So is that MIDI or is that a part of the pedal? It's a part of the pedal. Uh, it's got like an expression kind of cable. Okay. Um, but it's brilliant. You, you have different settings like a kind of a, like a pitch shift or delay, which then feeds into the distortion to create this massive kind of. It's hard to explain. It was like a kind of a, a pitch shift to delay going into distortion. It just really creates an amazing sustain and sound. Next one is the Particle Red Panda. Um, the new one has four presets, which is handy. So I use them for kind of slightly different. Uh, sounds. The second one is, is kind of this warble kind of effect that I used on a couple of songs on the Epitaph album, like uh, Media. Uh, it's just a lovely sound. But I also have a few other kind of interesting ones where they're kind of there's a little bit of delay and a little bit of kind of detuned pitch shifter going, going on, which is really interesting for, um, again, if you want to kind of have a little bit bend in your leads, lead guitar sounds. So I really like that. How are you switching between the presets and these pedals? And are you manually doing this? 
Yeah, that was a kind of an interesting one. I was thinking, do it, you know, from Axe Effects, you'd hit one button and yeah, you're there. Yeah, select everything, the pedal. So how are you managing that now? And I, I is it to be determined? <laughs> no, no, I do honestly, I got used to just changing it okay. all manually. And I kind of thought maybe it's more interesting to see the sounds being built up in front of in front of an audience rather than me just hitting the button and everything just, ha you know, just comes perfect. So I like the idea of kind of just hands-on and just kind of it's kind of part of the art form i guess so yeah i got used to it i have to say it was very difficult yeah. you know to get used to it again but uh, no I, i'm just going to keep it that way i don't want to get back into midi and all that stuff the less of that the better yeah. um the next one is is this a company from germany called red secret uh, di um it's an overdrive pedal i guess is it like a clone i'm not i'm not too sure um but it's a very special drive and it, it seems to work on certain songs where I can't get anything to work. This sound, this one seems to work. Like it's a track that we have called "A Deafening Distance," and with any every other drive, it just sounds brittle and sharp because of where I'm playing on the. It's like on a, on a high E string, but with this, it just sounds really nice. So, this is a really cool pedal. So, if one of these overdrives don't work, this one will, will definitely work. Um, and do you think it's a fatter, softer tone? Do you think that's why maybe the more brittle lines that might stick out a bit too much then it just kind of pulls those frequencies back right yeah it's it's definitely got i don't know if it's fatter it's just it's just not as shrill moving on to the next one is bad recovery effects um from the us um this is called bad comrade this pedal and it's amazing um the thing about this one is it's a fuzz pedal with a kind of a, a weird delay to it but to make it work right you have to turn them all up full first then plug the power in otherwise it doesn't work okay so it's kind of a very quirky pedal and then you, you dial in what you want really interesting for some of the noisier parts if you don't want them to sound too too clean and you want them to sound a little bit more unusual this is the pedal to knock on for sure um the elements by dr scientist is next really like a great mid-tone off it um, just a regular distortion pedal, but it sounds fantastic. I really, really like that pedal. And it sounds amazing when you feed it into some of the other pedals as well, which we'll talk about later. Um, the next one is a Boss DS, Distortion DS1. Um, That's been in there while, in your rig, right? I've had a few of them. This is a kind of a, a, modif a modified version of it. The next one is a, um, is a Chase Bliss Mood pedal. I use that on the new song called Adrift. It's just basically like a delay, the setting that I have, this thing can do so many different things, but I have a delay that kind of warbles and it feeds then into this next pedal, uh, which is a Friedman BEO Deluxe. A little bit different than these pedals, tonally, it's a little bit more, it's got a little bit more kind of nice fizz end and a little bit more mid-tone to it. Um, and this has two, it's a double pedal so it can go into distortion as well. Really interesting pedal, very high quality. It's literally you could you could literally maybe leave those two out and you could get away with that one. Um, but certain tones, certain sounds suit these pedals better. But this is a really fantastic. I couldn't I couldn't recommend it more to anybody if you're looking for something that's a really good heavy rock kind of distortion pedal. That, that that's it right there. So I'm noticing you got a lot of pitch shifting and warble kind of effects. Um, do you do you think that's kind of integral to your sound? Is that something you go for and why is there so much pitch shifting? And yeah, I think, you know, for what we're doing, we don't really want to have a two kind of straight rock kind of tones or kind of, 
it needs to have a certain amount of breakup for it to work. And I'm seeing four big muffs here. Yeah, okay, so this is, <laughs> so it, it, there is, it, they're not just for show, it definitely works, so this is what, what we'll talk about now. Um, so we go into this big muff first, which is just your standard um, black Russian muff, and it's set with the sustain quite low, so literally that's all it is, but what, the reason this works, so let's say I have, I switch that on, and then I switch that on, it just colors it just a little bit, just to kind of get rid of maybe that standard rock tone to something slightly more, I would say, kind of indie or whatever, just a little bit of a different kind of less rock-tastic sound. So okay. I use that kind of quite a lot, that combination, this feeding into the big muff, but not with not too much sustain, and it's, it's, it really works a lot. It works brilliantly. And um, believe that the metal zone is next, but we'll just move on to the this big muff for a second. So this big muff is for thicker, just as what people would expect it, your typical big muff. Full tone, fast. Fast sound. Yeah. So yeah, I like that. It's, it's, it's a bit, you know, it's got a bit, obviously a bit more mid-strip than your distortions, but uh, yeah, I really like that, that sound. I've always been a fan of, of kind of the standard big muff tone. And the Russian ones I do think are a little bit more toneful than say the, the newer US silver ones. Um, we'll backtrack to the metal zone. I, I, I've always used the metal zone back in the day. This was like the pedal I'd hit if I wanted to kind of annoy a few people. Depending on your mood. Depending on my mood, but uh, <laughs> I use it still today again for maybe some of the more for feedback or for kind of thickening up some lead tones or something. Again, running it into the big muff, you get to, you don't really get too much of the sound of the of the metal zone, but you do get all the power and the sustain off it. If I ran it on its own, I'd say it would be pretty. Yeah, I love that tone as well. And this is a Keeley modded version as well, um, so it's a little bit better than stock. So yeah, it's a great pedal, and that takes us into. This pedal, which is um, Moose Electronics in Ireland, it's it's called. It's basically based on a HM2. Uh, he calls it HM23. He's modified it quite a bit, and uh, just I think it's just a, a fantastic sounding pedal. Really, really, he fixed. For me, I asked him to make it have a little bit more top end to it, and uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Moose Electronics in Dublin. I couldn't. He makes some amazing pedals. Stuff like Nomad is one of his other pedals that works great with my other amp, the high watt that I have at home. So, yeah, fantastic, really, really good. And I have that. That seems to work, funny enough, after the muffs. I don't know why. It just sounded, it just works. Initially, I had the HM heavy metal pedal before these, but this one seems to work after it. So you can never tell until you actually try it. That takes us over to the uh, to this pedal here. This is uh, just your standard. Uh, New York uh, muff. I use this one for a more shriller sound, and cer like certainly for the endings or something where I wanted to kind of have more of a, uh, I guess a noisy sound. It's not. It's not supposed to be pretty. I definitely would use that, um, and it really just, especially with all these say warble effects feeding into this, it sounds mad. And you can leave all those muffs on. It it, it works right all the way into it. The last one is a. Uh, so you might have three of them on at one point. I could, yeah. I, I generally wouldn't have these two on at the same time. It'd be one or the other. Um, this is a, a, a ram's head muff from 1974. And uh, just a much better mid-tone. These are kind of more mid-strip. This has got a lot more mid. And seems to handle bass end better as well. It just cuts through more. So you could, 
it might be a little bit shrill for, for lead guitars, but definitely for rhythm, you could just use that nearly all on its own. So after the that, I should say, this pedal, the Big Muff, it does come back to, uh, I think it's the Mobius, into the Big Sky, and to the, no, the Big Sky's last, so it's the Boss uh, DD500, then into the uh, Big Sky. So Is this where you get most of your delays from? Yeah, I, I, I leave it at the front because I do use tap control quite a okay. lot to try and get it, and then I have two presets per, per, per kind of, um, yeah, 1A and 1B. And then you hit those two and you're up into different ones, have a reverse delay and a few different ones there. Um, but yeah, it's a really, really good pedal. Boss, I think I've done themselves with that one. It's a really, really good pedal. It's I definitely prefer it slightly over the Strymon timeline. It's just a little bit more versatile. Um, then we go into the Mobius, I think. And the Mobius is uh, just a, a great just a great modulation. I don't use too much modulation, but certainly maybe on the earlier stuff like the end of beginning uh, from Dust Beyond comes to mind where I do to that chorus. fat chorusy type of sound. And yeah, and I have a few presets that I've made there, like this flanger and stuff like that. I haven't reused mostly just chorus at the moment. Maybe I haven't heard you use flanger. No, I don't think. Uh, I'll maybe Unless it's very subtle. Yeah, I haven't used this uh, too often, but I have created a preset just all the same. And then the uh, rotary I, I would use in tracks like Snowfall and uh, if we were to play at Sunrise and Aries, so they would use kind of a slightly tremolo-y kind of effects. Reverb's big, really important. We've got a dark hole here, and then a slightly bigger kind of, it's a non-linear, but it's more of like a bigger sustained kind of reverb. And then this one is like a, it's called Bloom. It's kind of just a much more echoey kind of sound, which is really cool for some of the, um, you know, intro guitars and stuff like that that need that big kind of sound. But yeah, that's kind of, the, the pedal's all sorted out, I guess. Um, so let's talk about the amp then. Yeah, so we have, um, I, yeah, it's an Orange AD30 twin channel. I just got this amazing mid-tone. I just fell in love with it immediately. I was all skeptical. I was thinking, certainly with pedals, would you need something more than 30 watts? Um, but I, for the sound I want, no. I did buy um, an orange dual terror for our fly-ins, which is a smaller one. A little bit different, but it works. And do prefer that slightly, but the orange dual terror will get me out of jail every time. So how have you got each channel set here? Are they set similar or is there, why do you have two channels? What's, what's happening there? Yeah, I think I'm not actually using the channel two at the moment. Um, I haven't needed it before, but if I was, I'd probably, would make sense to use the National Glenwood, which is a little bit duller than most of the other guitars. Probably you could maybe crank the treble a bit more, but okay. generally live, I'm only just working with the bottom channels. And uh, just a little bit of gain, not too much. Um, just enough to get a little bit of break up and uh, volume up pretty high. And then we're in here recording um, a live session for Bad Apple Music, so we've got some mics on the cab, and we've also got a DI coming out. So let's talk about maybe the mic positions and. And the microphones as well, and the different tones that they add sure. to the sound. Um, so we obviously just do standard SM57. Um, just, I'm sure there's other mics out there. I, I just got used to that that microphone, and I know what it does. And it's a, it's a very easy way, you know. It's an industry standard microphone, and I use that mic to kind of find the position that tonefully sounded the best to my ears. And um, the left side a little bit, a little bit different than the right, but I prefer the right side slightly more. And we have a Royer 121, 
which is a ribbon mic I picked up a while back, and uh, it's a, just a little bit more less shrill. Midtone is really nice off that mic, right? It's yeah, it's a much better midtone than the fifty-seven. Fifty-seven has got got the cut, and that one's got slightly more of the low end and the, and, and the, the gorgeous mids. It seems to suit quite quite a lot of the more abrasive distortion sounds, anyway. So, and it's going into a um, one of these um, cloud lifters. And uh, which just allows it to. Uh, the reason I really use it is to make sure that no phantom power can really dest destroy that microphone. Yeah, and you've also got the pop shield there just in case any wind comes out of the speaker and yeah, puts I too do, much pressure on the ribbon. That happened to me on the recording where we had a two four by twelve stacked up and uh, yeah, blew the ribbon somehow. I, okay. I, I, I thought it was you know it should have shouldn't have happened, but I thought the only way I think it happened was somehow wind or something came out of the, the speaker. And then what's happening on top here? Um, we've got, um, okay, so this is two notes torpedo, uh, which is kind of like a cab simulation. Um, really, really good. Obviously, you know, you're kind so of- that's getting, a DI. It's a DI. Okay. It's kind of getting back into your Axe FX world slightly because, you know, they are virtual cabs and you mm -hmm. can, uh, you, and on your software, you can edit whatever you, where you want. But what I like this, it's easy to use. It doesn't take too long and it does have all the orange cabs as well. And it's kind of like a, you can virtually move the microphones around. I don't think it's quite as good as the mics, but... Um, it's a very solid backup, if anything should happen to the, the yeah. mics here. And if you're in a flying situation, you can't get a good cab, you know, yeah. this will take us, you know, easy. This will do, do the job any day of the week. Then you have the, um, the Captor 16. Literally all that is is just if I wanted to pull the sound off the, the cab, I'd be able to listen to it silent, you know. Okay. This. So it's handy for working late at night or something. You don't want to okay. annoy the neighbors. Um, yeah, that works. It's just powered by a fuel tank. It powers uh, both of them up because um, it's got 9 and 12 volts. So that's essentially the... Uh, now, obviously, back here, we've got a Kenton MIDI, which sends the MIDI messages to the... Uh, to the status display back there for my tunings. So you're running those over Ethernet and to get across the stage? And yeah, I think as I said, Ethernet's a little bit more reliable than, than long distance MIDI cables, so this, this seems to be foolproof for me so far. Jamie, um, Jamie, maybe you can talk to us maybe a little bit, first of all, about your, your guitar there. Well, yeah, so uh, I have two different guitars. Well, I actually have three guitars that I use live uh, today. I only have two of them with me. Um, this is the uh, the Fender Jazzmaster. This is the, the vintage reissue. Um, the thing's worth noting really on this one, uh, it has a mastery bridge, um, and it has a stay trem. Okay. Um, the rest of it is, is stock. The pickup sounded really, really good, so I didn't really feel the need to change them. Perfect. And um, how do you find the the mastery bridge? Is it, do you feel it better than the stock pickup or the yeah, stock the bridge? Yeah, the one like it just I didn't really give it give it enough security. Really, the the one that came with it. So I just felt it was a necessary change. I did it to a previous jazz jazz master that I owned, and um, yeah, I just I just I was really happy with it. So there was a couple of other options on the market, but I just chose the one I was familiar with. You know, and you also you have a, a second. Jazzmaster yeah, as well. Yeah, I do as well. That's the, uh, the Jazzmaster Pro. Okay. And did you make any modifications just, on, on this one? 
Just the uh, Curtis Novak pickups on this one. This pickup here, it's just uh, just gives a fatter sound. Okay. And uh, just cuts through the mix nicely. Um, in comparison to the stock pickups, I just wasn't really happy with them. Uh, funnily on the on the vintage reissue, it was fine. It was just just on this one. Okay. Um, but not really happy with them as, as well. Have used Curtis Novak in the past. It's never let me down. He's been great. Um, so yeah, other than that, I have uh, uh, locking tuners on them. Um, we have obviously some sort of lower, especially the newer material. We have some lower tunings. Um, so I just thought it was important to have these. Didn't want to do it on the obviously on the on the vintage reissue uh, in case I ever wanted to sell it. Didn't want to sort of drill anything okay, into it. Okay, makes sense. You know. Yeah. So you can see it has that nice kind of fat chunky sound, but it's also sort of cutting through the mix as well. It's, it's, it's cool. So I noticed you, there you have like the uh, the Freeman, and then you have it going into the Black Russian muff. Yeah, the 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 Black muff just gives it a bit more character. I usually have the Freeman on all the time. Um, there's a nice, that's obviously a nice overdrive. There's a distortion in it as well, but I generally will keep that on all the time and then I'll send that into one of the big muffs. The way I kind of have the big muffs set up is that it, uh, well, the black muff just sort of gives a nice bit of character. The green muff, the rush muff is obviously a step up again. And then what's the, the elk head? The elk head, yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's a very, very good pedal. Again, a step up from the big muff again. Um, Brilliant, brilliant pedal. And um, I think, is that also, if I'm not mistaken, made by Moose Electronics? Moose, yeah, yeah, Moose Electronics. So is that kind of like another variation of a muff, or what, what was it that you... Yeah, it is. It, you know, I, I kind of felt with the silver muff, I kind of wanted, you know, I wanted to step up yet, you know, yet again. And I just, some in, in certain uh, parts throughout the set, I feel like, you know, the bit, the, the silver muff is, is perfect for that. But, you know, the Moose, the Moose Electronics elk head is, uh, is just perfect for bringing that, that extra stage up again, you know? And then, of course, um, you have the, the pumpkin pie there by uh, Stomp Underfoot. Yeah, that, I, I, I use that predominantly with the bass guitar, actually. Um, it's good for sort of chords as well, heavy chords, but I find uh, when I combine the pumpkin pie with the elk head and with the heavy bass sections, it's just a, it's a winning combination cool. there. So this is my bullet bass. Um, cool. I use it two uh, parts throughout the current set that we have. All is violent, which is what I was playing there, and then fireflies as well. Of course, I, I remember back in the day, Niels used to put the old capo on the bass to uh, play those lines again like, in the beginning. So as, as these days, it's left to you, Jamie. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's a similar, you know, it, it's just, uh, it occupies the same space as the guitar, a little bit, little bit under, so you have, your guitar, Niels, and then the bass guitar arpeggio sort of sits in between them somewhere. So it's just it's a, it's a good place to have it. The uh, yeah, the pumpkin pie, as I was saying earlier on, really complements the uh, the elk head. So for those kind of uh, you know again the the outro of uh, Wallace Wilden, for example. <laughs> Just quickly, just talk to us about just very briefly the pedals that you have on the board. So we'll start obviously um, into the Empress buffer. So there's a lot of pedals on the board, so I just uh, think it's important to have a buffer. Um, 
Empress compressor as well. Of course, so, yeah. Classic. And you use that probably just for cleans or? Yeah, first for cleans. Uh, if I want a bit of additional sustain or something like that, I'll stick on the, okay. the compressor. Uh, some lead notes, some lead sections rather. Um, of course, I'm familiar with the, the Shirelle, audio splinter drive. Splinter, yeah. yeah, it's a great pedal, yeah. Um, that's kind of if I want just a little bit of drive, but still maintain the nice tone of the, the clean sound, I just, I'll step on that if I want just a little bit more dirt. Um, it's a brilliant pedal, brilliant company. Particle shifter, uh, that's, you know, kind of more weird distorted delay, kind of, uh, I use it for, you know, the sections if I'm playing behind the bridge. Okay. Um, yeah. Or some, if I want some kind of like lead sections cutting up. I use the particle. Okay. Uh, again, the 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 header is good for that as well. Um, heavier leads, I'll step on that if I wanted to just take off a bit. Um, the, the 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 header pedal is is probably one of the most important pedals I have on that board actually for for that for lead anyway. Yeah. Classic uh, DS one there as well, you know. Um, and that's a, is that a it looks like a, maybe a Keeley modded version. Yeah? yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I actually only use it once or twice throughout the set, but where. Where I do use it, it's extremely important. Um, yeah, and again, it's just an, another classic pedal. You know, it's it's, it's uh, it does in a, it does exactly what it says in the tin. Um, another sort of uh, central pedal on the uh, uh, pedal on the board there is the the Friedman, as I was uh, telling you about earlier on. Two two different so it's got a, an overdrive, has a distortion. distortion yeah. Um, we generally leave them on all the time. And we've touched on the. Uh the Most. black up, but I see there's the old Russian green. Yeah, I just think uh, it's it's has something real special about it. I, um, I know they're a little bit fatter sounding than the mm. than than say the black ones. They've definitely got a little bit more. Uh, it's maybe pretty good for the lead guitar kind of. It is, yeah. To it, yeah. Yeah, and they layer up really well, you know. So you can be uh, you can sort of have the, the the Russian green muff and then step on the silver muff and it just. Yeah, they just really, really complement each other. I love that the three of those pedals together are great. Of course, I introduced you to the bad comrade there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's um, it's a very interesting pedal. Use it sparingly. I, I would you know, yeah, I, I wouldn't I, use I, it all the time. <laughs> that's but, true. Um, again, this sort of maybe the end of Suicide by Star, or uh, you, you know, want it to fall apart. Really, at that just point, yeah, yeah. want to fall apart and, and break up and sound a bit chaotic. That's that's the only pedal. But again, does it really, really well. Of course, you got the Ernie Ball volume pedal tuner. Yeah, you know it's 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 handy. We we have so many different tunings, uh, and it was basically we're playing from the older stuff to the new stuff. You could be, you could be anywhere really. Um, so it's, I think it's important to have the, the okay. tuner. Uh, like obviously an obvious question, you've got the TC tuner, mm. and then you've got the Ernie Ball. Is there a specific reason why you, you would use the two? Uh, to be perfectly honest, the the I, I prefer the poly tuner. And of course, you've got the the timeline. Mm. Um, I've opted obviously with the boss, but you, you, you stuck with the, the timeline. Yeah, it's just, I'm just familiar with it. You know, I've used it for years, and it's probably it probably has more features than I actually need, if I'm being totally honest. But I love it. Um, I have a couple of presets, and I'll just tap tempo to whatever rough, uh, the BPM that the track is in, and, uh, and and I'll go there. I have generally I have a shorter delay and a medium delay, and then a longer delay depending on, on what I'm playing. Same as the uh, the big sky here. They work really well together. Obviously, they were designed to be sort of used together, I think. So um, I have, uh, again, a sort of very, very wet reverb, medium, and then a kind of dry enough reverb. Okay. Uh, and then finally, really, like the metal zone, people might look at it and think, what, you know, why is there a metal zone? But it's just, I don't, I, I, there's no better pedal for me for feedback than the metal yeah, zone. You know, this, if I, if I want to get long, loud feedback, I'll just step on the, on, on the metal it's zone. It's instantaneous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so 
So, um, well, okay, quick look at the amplifier there. Mm. So you've got obviously the same as myself, but it's a, I think it's a slightly older model, the Orange eighty thirty. Yeah, and uh, it's yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant amp. Um, so you channel one is for the guitar. Channel one's the guitar. Second channel's for the bass. You can uh, change channels here with the uh, the pedal. The the, the orange, It's just a foot switch. Foot switch. Can be done on, on the head as well, but you know I just prefer doing a foot switch. Then I have an SM57. Uh, we obviously marked sweet spot in the amp, but it's a really, really, really uh, effective uh, working combination. And you have the two notes there as well. That two notes, yeah, main, mainly for monitoring pur purposes. Okay. Um, but I, you know, it's it's it's, it's, it's fantastic. You prefer the sound of the the mic'd up cap? I do. Yeah, I just think for for what we're doing here now, it's better than the the two notes, as I said, was predominantly. It's a great backup to have or something. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, so yeah, that's 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 my setup. Uh, obviously, keys. Probably won't in interest anybody there, but yeah, uh, that's another one of my duties. But uh, that's that's pretty much that's all for now. Definitely a lot of distortion going on here. What have we got here? We've got the Boss HM2. Yeah, so we have a couple of drive pedals. We have the HM2. Yeah. We have the Chiralty um, Black Swan, which is like a single knob fuzz pedal. Cool. And we also have the Dark Glass Ultra X, which is like a preamp, but it's also drive on that as well. So lots of drive lots of drive and then of course you have the is the, the noble preamp as well yeah so i'll do the, the signal chain in a minute I, we can start with the the bass of course you used to use the fender precision bass so what prompted you so to yeah change so we this? wanted to change the sound we wanted i wanted the sound to be a bit more uppery and not, not as low so the short scale was the perfect um solution to that if this is just a, a jmj it's all stock and nothing is really modified on it. The only unusual thing is probably the string choice. Um, string gauge will be 115, 80, 60, 45, and it will be tuned D, A, D, G. What was the reason for choo choosing that gauge? Uh, just to make sure the string tension was kind of even, as even as you could get it. So and normally when you put on a regular gauge, the, especially if you tune down, the, it'll be quite floppy and the short scale is is a slightly reduced tension, so you'd, you'd, I'd always put on a slightly heavier gauge. Okay. So it's, it's not too obvious. Would that be kind of a big part of the sound, or it wouldn't change the sound too much? If you I don't think it would change the sound too much. Um, it just it would make it stay tuned a bit more. Okay. So maybe just walk us through the... Uh, yeah, so the it's, uh, it's a relatively simple setup. So Boss Tuner is the first thing in the chain. That goes into the Noble preamp, which is a great uh, preamp. It's also a DI. You can actually use it straight into the board but it's, a, it's clean. Um, so I'd have the treble kind of just before three quarters, okay. bass roughly three quarters. Also have engaged the cut. Um, okay. So I think that is a cut from 80. It just reduces about, about six dB, I think. It's just okay. to clean up the signal a bit. It goes from this into the HM2. Um, all the settings are kind of nearly up full. Um, okay, so it's just- So yeah, level, bass up full. The color is not quite full, it's just before it gets too trebly. Okay. Sourcing is up full. It goes from that into the black swan. It just is, it's a great, it just is a single, single knob. It's, it sounds brilliant on the bass. It goes from this into the dark glass preamp. Um, I have 
kind of a lot of mid boosted um, some of the dark glass can be quite um, metallic sounding okay um, so I boosted quite a lot of mid so from this um, at a gig if we're doing a live show you come out straight to the DI and um, this it's a cab sim on it the pretty decent cab sims you can get so would you you know would you do a di out of the noble and would you do a di out of that or would you just no i'll just go from this so okay because this if you want a clean sound you could go straight from this it's perfect for kind of maybe reamping for reamping purposes or you could do anything with it really and um, but for for this setup i'm using a lot of drives so i want to include all that on it of course um yeah so for in the gig gig situation you come out from this and uh, cab sim as i said for obviously for recording um, like today. So yeah, you're, are you using DI for the Ampeg here? No, so we're going to use, we're using the mic, we're using a Neumann 47. That's the FET version. Yeah, that's the FET version. Um, so Ampeg Heritage Classic. Okay. Again, the settings, I would have the gain kind of halfway of both the low and high um, uh, engages, the ultra ones. Bass is quite low, lots of mid-range. Frequencies, I think it's on, on, the, on the third one. Um, treble, quite low as well. Um, master, it's a set as you could hear was quite loud. So yeah, let's go to the sound palette. So, um, the clean sound, the clean, so the, it's controlled by the volume. This will be the clean. It's never 100% clean, it's always a bit driven. You can hear about the hiss on the amp as well, um, which can cause a problem for kind of uh, soft cut parts of the song, but I guess it's just a necessary evil. Um, yeah, so if we want a more drive, the first thing I would hit is the fuzz. And then for the insane pedal would be the HM2. Um, Yeah, so as the Shane has said, it just goes into each other. Um, it just sounded better having the HM2 first and then the... Uh, also the splinters last. Yeah, the yeah. Black Swan, yeah. Oh, sorry, the Black Swan, excuse me. Yeah, yeah that, that's, the way, that's the way it works. Pretty simple setup, um, just a lot of drive, especially for some of the, the new stuff off the new album, needs a lot of drive. Um, it's, it, the bass sound is not like a classic bass sound, on the, especially the new album. There are kind of more traditional bass bits, but a lot of it is kind of chords. It sounds like a guitar. Sorry. Maybe yeah. just play you know, maybe a fade, if you could just play, play that. Yeah. base rig and we hope that you enjoyed um, our rig rundown and um, take care thank you very much